Well, hello, everyone. This is Craig Ballantyne from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com here with another great seven-day fat-burning coaching call. This one, we're bringing you the adrenaline program. So it is seven-day fat-burning with adrenaline. All right. I'm actually going to be in Texas and Mexico this week working on a new fat-loss travel report. One's going to be showing you here's how to survive business seminars with eating, working out, even though you're at a very busy seminar. And then another part is going to be how to survive, get lean, and stay lean while traveling to Mexico and staying at a vacation resort. So that will be two of the reports I'll be making up while I'm away. And I'll also be down there with a bunch of fitness folks in Mexico, including my friend John Romanello, who's a world-famous New York City trainer. Really good guy, quite funny. Uh, you should definitely look him up on Facebook. And he and I will probably be working on Clash of the Titans 2 for you, to bring you out, because that's probably one of the most popular programs that I've done this year. We get a lot of requests for a second round of Clash of the Titans. But this week I want to go over one program called TT Adrenaline and get this program a little more love, because not a lot of people know about it. So that's what we're going to go over this week. But we're going to start, of course, with our transformation tips. Monday, September 20th, the transformation tip of the week is... A quote from a guy named Scott Sonnen, who is uh, the creator of TacFit Pro. And his quote was, the opposite of winning isn't losing, it's quitting. And so I just said, you know, in follow-up to that, you can't quit. You can't, you just can't because it doesn't matter how hard of a day yesterday was or how hard today will be, quitting is not an option. And I posted that on my on my quote fan page on Facebook. So you go to CraigValentineFanPage.com, you get a daily quote from me there. And I posted that and got a lot of feedback on it. And then I posted this one as well, a quote from General George S. Patton. He said, self-confidence is the surest way of obtaining what you want. If you know in your heart you are going to do something, you will, you will do it. Do not permit your mind to think otherwise. It is fatal. So uh, Patton's quote was also quite popular on my Facebook page. And so the bottom line here is I think be confident in the changes that you are making. And if you're confident, you're going to make those changes. All right, so now let's take a look at Turbulence Training, Adrenaline Workout A. This is from February 2010. And this is based on some research science on interval training, which I'll talk about in a second. And you're going to see these short shuttle sprints, eight-second sprints in here. And, again, they're based on research, and so is the shuttle aspect of it. And so you're going to start Workout A with a tri-set of dumbbell chest presses for eight reps, then chin-ups, maximum repetitions, or dumbbell rows, eight reps per side, whatever you have access to there. If you can't do chin-ups, of course, you can do the dumbbell row. And then you're going to follow that up with a third exercise, five-meter shuttle sprint. So you can do this in a very small amount of space. And you do eight-second sprint, and you can do 12 seconds of recovery, and you're going to do that three times. So when I say you're going to do that three times, I mean you're going to do the, the shuttle sprint three times. Then you're going to rest a minute before going through that entire big circuit two more times for a total of three circuits. So you'll end up doing nine total sprints just in that first circuit alone. But again, they're only eight seconds long. And again, we'll talk about why they're eight seconds in a second. In the second circuit, you're going to do a pike push-up, and that's where you have your feet up on a bench and your hips up high in the air to simulate a handstand push-up as much as possible. And you're going to pair that with seated row or dumbbell renegade row or kettlebell renegade row, whatever you can do there. And then you're going to do repeated jumps for 12 repetitions. So make sure you're jumping on a soft surface, such as a wooden 
uh, gym floor or on carpet or outside on grass, but no jumping on concrete. And you do uh, three total rounds of that circuit, and then you're going to move into one more round, uh, circuit round here. So you're going to do dips. When you do your dips, bring your knees up to your chest to move the center of gravity forward and take stress off the shoulder. And by dips, I mean parallel bar dips, not dips with your uh, hands behind you on a bench. We're going to avoid those hands behind you on a bench dips at all times because they put your uh, shoulder in an impingement position that's quite dangerous for your shoulder. All right, so after you've done your dips with knee up, you're going to do dumbbell rear deltoid raises, and then you're going to go back and do those five-meter shuttle sprints for eight seconds, 12 seconds of recovery, and three repetitions of that, and then you're going to go through that entire circuit three times. So the adrenaline circuits, or adrenaline sprints, sorry, are those eight-second sprints, and they're based on a research study that I found from the Australian research group who also found that uh, interval training was better than slow cardio for fat loss. Now, what they found was kind of surprising. They did this test where women did eight-second sprints, and then they compared it to 24-second sprints. So the eight-second sprint had a 12-second recovery, and they did this for 20 minutes. So I think that's 60 of those sprints because you're doing eight seconds on 12 seconds of recovery. That's 20 seconds. And so three, you'll get three rounds of that in a minute, and you did that for 20 minutes. So that's actually 60 eight-second sprints. And they compared that to uh, the same women who did 24-second sprints with 36 seconds of recovery, and so they would have done that 20 times in the 20 minutes. And they found that there was a greater oxygen uptake and energy expenditure from the short eight-second sprints, which is kind of surprising. But um, anyways, people are always saying, well, you know, these eight-second sprints, that sounds too hard for people. But what uh, the professor who did this, his name was Steve Boucher, he said, if you do a 20-second sprint, it's quite painful because the lactic acid builds up and but if, uh, and so he said normal people won't stick to it. But if you do the shorter, uh, oh, and if you do too, uh, too short, two to three seconds, you don't seem to get the same benefits. So they found that with their prior research, they established that if someone can do eight-second sprints followed by 12 seconds of recovery, then they're going to be, you know, most people are going to be able to do that. It's not going to be as painful as doing 24-second uh, intervals. Unfortunately, what they did was they used a bike that is only available in, Laboratories, so you can't really do this on a bike at a gym. You can't really do it on a treadmill. Uh, you can really only do this outside or in this short shuttle type uh, sprint. So you could do this in an aerobics studio. And basically, the shuttle portion. I also came across a research study from 2009, I think, and it was done in Ivory Coast football players, so the uh, national soccer team of the Ivory Coast, and they found that shuttle sprints where they changed directions, they found that they had a greater physiological response than running in a straight line. So I combined the two of those studies into the adrenaline shuttle sprint. And so give it a try. Give that program a try. If you want more information on the science of adrenaline for fat loss, I wrote an entire article on the TT Fat Loss blog, and it's at ttfatloss.com forward slash fat dash loss forward slash adrenaline dash for dash fat dash loss. So better way to do it is just go to ttfatloss.com and type in adrenaline for fat loss into the search bar and it will bring you up that article. So pretty interesting stuff and it made for a nice unique program and I hope that uh, more people try that one out. All right, into Tuesday we're going to take a look at our research study of the week and this one was published in the Public Library of American Science Medicine 
and it was a British study where they took a look at over 20,000 people living in Norwich, Britain, and they basically took a look at the genetic uh, profile of these subjects, and they found that there was as many as 17 different genetic variants that were associated with obesity. But what they also found was the more physically active a person was, they were able to lower their risk of obesity by 40%. So the researchers here were challenging the view that genetics determine obesity, so that if you have the genes for obesity, you're going to be obese. And what they found was that, you know, there's simply a very important component of preventing obesity, which is physical activity. And I'm sure if they would have studied diet as well, they would have found the same thing. So you can certainly fight your genetics quite well to avoid obesity. All right, into Wednesday, we're going to take a look at Fermion Training Adrenaline Workout B. <clears throat> Similar type setup. We're going to go through three different circuits. Each one has three rounds of the circuit. So you're going to start with a lunge jump or dumbbell split squat for six reps or eight reps per side, just depending on which exercise you choose. Then you do an exercise called the inchworm, which is a hamstring stretch, upper body exercise, and abdominal exercise all in one. And then you're going to do something uh, with the kettlebell you're going to do, or dumbbell. You can do, either going to do a kettlebell or dumbbell snatch or a kettlebell or dumbbell one-arm swing, 10 reps per side. So instead of doing the sprint intervals, we're throwing in kettlebell intervals to end that tri-set there, that mini-circuit. And you can do that three times. Then you're going to move into the next mini circuit, which is Bulgarian split squats using the one and a half repetition method of going all the way down, halfway up, all the way back down, and then all the way up, and that's one total rep. And then you're going to do stability ball jackknife push-up combo. So you do you get into the stability ball jackknife position with your hands on the floor, and as you bring your knees up to your chest, you do a push-up motion as well. So you kind of scrunch yourself up there. And then you drive your feet back out and you push back up to the top position. So it's an abdominal exercise and upper body exercise at the same time. And then the third exercise in this mini circuit is kettlebell swings for 20 reps. Now into the third one, we're going to do something called the stability ball hip extension leg curl. So you bridge your hips up, you do a leg curl with the ball, and then you drop your hips down a little bit. 15 repetitions there. And then you immediately go into a stability ball jackknife plank. So your elbows are going to be on the bench, your feet on the ball, and you're going to hold that plank for 60 seconds. And then you're going to go into that shuttle sprint, 8 seconds, 12 seconds of recovery, 3 repetitions. Then you're going to rest a minute and repeat that circuit 2 more times for a total of 3 mini circuits there. So again, that's a tough workout, but it prepares you for the challenge that's coming up on Friday. Into Thursday, we want to do 30 minutes of fun activity, of course. And we're going to take a look at our Facebook question of the week that comes to us from the TurbulenceTrainingFanPage.com which is where I do my fitness Q&As every morning, Eastern Standard Time, between 8.30 and 10.30 in the morning. And sometimes we do two of them. And I do those seven days a week if I can. Even when I'm going to be in Mexico, I'm going to be doing those things. And so a question came in from a reader who said, how to get rid of the lactic acid that causes soreness. So after training, there's this myth that lactic acid hangs around your muscles and causes soreness. And the truth is the lactic acid does not cause soreness. In fact, lactic acid is cleared from your muscles within 60 minutes of working out. And if you do some light exercise, it gets cleared even faster. But what, light, what lactic acid is is simply a component that is the result of breaking down stored muscle carbohydrates, so stored muscle glycogen. And so when you do intense activity and non-aerobic activity, 
when you do aerobic activity, your carbohydrates can get broken all the way down. But when you do intense non-aerobic activity, anaerobic activity, then what happens is you're requiring energy so fast uh, at a level that you can't break down the carbohydrate all the way to the end process, and so you're left with this buildup of lactic acid during this hard training. But people think that that causes soreness. It causes discomfort during your training, but it doesn't cause soreness after. What causes soreness after training is muscle damage uh, from the eccentric action of the, mus- of the uh, muscle activity. So when you're, if you're sprinting and you get sore from that, it's from when you land with each step and you absorb the force with your muscles. That's what causes soreness there. If you're doing push-ups, the, the pain, the muscle soreness that happens in the next couple of days is caused from the lowering phase as you lower your chest down to the ground. And during that phase, you're going to get some muscle damage, uh, some small tears in the muscle fiber. But that has nothing to do with lactic acid. So lactic acid clears out within 60 minutes. You know, it just goes into the blood, then goes to the liver. The liver screws around with it and, you know, uh, breaks it down or turns it into something that can go back to the uh, muscle and be taken back up. So that's what happens with the lactic acid. Now, once you have the muscle soreness, here's what you can do. Well, the honesty is you can't really do too much. Once you have soreness, it's like having a hangover. You really can't do too much with a hangover. You know, time heals hangovers better than anything else. I mean, sure, there's a lot of crazy cures out there for hangovers, but if you got a hangover, you got a hangover. I know because I've had a, a hangover once or twice before, and I've had muscle soreness once or twice before. And, and you can do light fo- uh, foam rolling. You can do light stretching. You can do light exercise. Um, if you take vitamin C before your exercise, it might help. You know, there's a lot of stuff that might help, but in reality, the muscle soreness, once it's there, it just goes away over time. And really the best cure, as same with a hangover, is prevention, not allowing you to put so much damage on your um, body in either case. And so simply for a beginner, that means, well, beginners in advance, it means anytime you do a new program, you only do one set per exercise. Because... You know, the second set's just going to make it worse. The third set's going to make it worse. And you don't need that much training to improve on a new program or if you're a beginner. So just reduce the volume, a little bit of the intensity, and you won't have so much muscle soreness. All right, now into Friday, Adrenaline Workout C. And this one is a challenge. And so we've got a little equation here so you can get a score and, you know, compare that to other people on the TT Members Forum. So what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to mark down uh, the distance that you cover. Sorry, you're going to need to, um, what you, oh, yes, what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to mark down the distance that you cover in a 15-second sprint because you have to cover the same distance in each one of these sprints in the workout. And what the, the goal of this workout is to do is you're going to do some push-ups and pull-ups in the workout, and you want to take your total score of push-ups and pull-ups and then subtract the number of minutes that it takes you to finish the circuit. So if I do 50 push-ups and 10 pull-ups in the workout, and the workout takes me 25 minutes, my score is going to be 50 plus 10, so the total of my push-ups and my pull-ups, subtracted, and then subtract the number of minutes, 25, to get my total score. And so if I did 50 push-ups and 10 pull-ups, that will give me 60, and then I subtract 25 to give me 35. So that's what you need to do if you're going to score this thing. You can take as much rest as you want um, between exercises. 
And I was taking about 30 to 45 seconds, but you do want to get this workout done as fast as possible. And so you're going to start off with a 10-meter shuttle sprint. Now, you can use 5 meters if you don't have 10 meters, but you can do 15 seconds. So it's not our 8-second sprint. It's a 15-second sprint. And you're going to do as much distance as you can, and then you need to make a note. So if you did, you know, down, back, and then down for 30 meters in 15 seconds, you have to do that same distance every other time that you are told to do a shuttle sprint in this workout. So you start off with that first 10-meter shuttle sprint for 15 seconds. You record that distance. Then you go and do your maximum number of push-ups. And so you use that push-up. Um, sorry. And so you record that number of push-ups. Then you go and do another 10-meter shuttle sprint, repeating the distance that you did in the first round. Then you go and do your maximum number of pull-ups. And then you do a 10-meter shuttle sprint. Then you do a stability ball jackknife for 20 repetitions. Then you do a stability ball leg curl, one leg curl, sorry, for six repetitions per side. Then another 10-meter shuttle sprint, repeating the distance you did in sprint number one. Then you do 10 repetitions per side of a crossbody mountain climber. Then you do a, a bodyweight split squat, 10 repetitions per side. Then you do a 10-meter shuttle sprint, again, repeating the distance. Then a stability ball plank for 30 seconds. And then you do 15 reps of the kettlebell two-hand swing. So you can use a dumbbell there as well. Then you rest two minutes, and you repeat that circuit one more time. And at the end of that, there's a bonus round of push-ups and pull-ups for maximum repetitions. And so what you do is you add up the number of push-ups and pull-ups you've done in that entire workout, and then you subtract it by the number of minutes that it took you to finish that entire workout, and that's it. So if you do... 20 push-ups and 10 pull-ups the first round, and then you do 15 push-ups and 5 pull-ups the second round. You got, what, 35 push-ups and 15 pull-ups. You got 50, and then you subtract the number of minutes that it took you to finish that. And that's it. So you don't count the bonus round of maximum push-ups and pull-ups. I don't – actually, I can't even remember if how it is on it. You, sorry, you do count the bonus round push-ups and pull-ups, and so it would have been more than uh, 50 there. Sorry about that, a little bit confusing there, but uh, it's in the manual and it'll be on the blog uh, to how to do that properly. Sorry. All right, and now we're into social sports Saturday. Uh, hopefully you get better social support than I give you accurate directions here in the workout. Um, we've got a great quote here first from a guy named Marty Goldman, who is the winner of Bill Phillips' Transformation Contest. And he said, social support is simply other people believing in you before you believe in yourself. And that is why it's so important, because it gets you through to when you can finally believe in yourself. So, you know, you enter the contest, the Turbulence Training Transformation Contest, and you tell people this is what you want to do. But you might be sitting there thinking, you know what, I can't do it. But the other people will be believing that you can do it. And so you'll say, okay, well, that's nice of these people. I'm going to go and at least try and do my workouts. And, you know, I do my workout, and I check back in on the forum, and people are giving me this encouragement. And they're like, this is really strange. All these people are giving me such amazing encouragement. I'm going to go have another workout. I'm, you know, I don't want to disappoint these people. And you go and you have another workout, and you eat well, and you start to get some results. And you start to have fun. And then you start to believe in yourself. And that's why this, this uh, motivation and social support is so important. Because, you know, those first two weeks when you don't believe in yourself, there's thousands of other people who do believe in you 
because they may have been in your situation or a worse situation, and they were able to succeed, and now they know that if they can do it, you can do it, and that's what social support is all about. Now, I'm not done with the social support. i got a kind of related study here I want to share with you. It's from the Journal of Obesity. And a lot of people are always asking me, hey, Craig, why don't you come up with something for teenagers? And the reason why I don't is because teenagers don't want to be told to go and do a workout. I mean, you know, I got into working out when I was a teenager, but I did it because, you know, I was reading magazines. I wanted to get stronger for sports. And, you know, if you have an athlete, they're probably going to take your advice about going to work out and doing a traditional structured workout. But a lot of people are asking me about, you know, just regular uh, kids who are overweight and who, you know, play video games and eat bad food. And you know what? They're not going to listen to me about my workouts. They're not going to say, oh, this turbulence training, this structured workout, I have to go to a gym or, you know, I have to train in my parents' basement with their equipment. I'm not doing this because this is some old dude who's telling me to do this workout, and they're not going to be down with that. But this study showed, or actually tried to take a look at, Kung Fu training. And so the, the study was called Kung Fu Training Improves Physical Fitness Measures in Overweight, Obese Adolescents, the Martial Fitness Study. And it's from Australian researchers. And it has some good information in it, but you're going to find out why I don't bother trying to tell kids what to do in their training with one of the stats here. So basically they put kids through a six-month Kung Fu program, and they compared it to Tai Chi. So they had 10 kids doing Kung Fu and 10 kids doing Tai Chi. Now, here's why kids won't listen to me. Overall compliance to the training session was only 46%. So the kids missed half of the training. One kid dropped out of the training totally. But even of the kids who were in this, they only made half the sessions. And so that's pretty disappointing. And so you can imagine that if uh, you, who is a parent, gives your kid a program, they're probably not going to be that interested in it because they're at an age where they're not that interested in what you give them, right? Now, if their friends took them to karate class or whatever, then, you know, they'll probably stick with it better. But even when I started working out, there was a bunch of us that started. And, you know, I was the one who was always doing it. And some of the guys came and went. You know, they'd be there for like eight months, and then they'd drop off for a year, and then they'd come back in, and, you know, then they'd go to university and they'd drop off completely. And, again, it wasn't something I did because my parents told me to do it. My dad didn't even like me doing it at all. He thought it was stupid. You know, when I had my uh, weight set at home, he was always giving me a hard time that I was down there using the weight set all the time. That was before I started going to the YMCA and lifting uh, free weights. And so, you know, it's not parents' parental support or, or, you know, if you buy a program from me and then give it to your kid, I just don't think that's the kind of thing. I think... What they need to do is get involved in activity that they like um, and hopefully are involved with their, their peers and that sort of thing. I think that's much more important and a better way to go. All right. Sunday, plan, shop, and prepare day. Oh, sorry. I didn't even talk about the results. What they did find was the, the Kung Fu group did increase their fitness. Uh, you know, it's not really a surprise. Their upper body uh, muscle velocity, so their speed of training and and lower body muscle endurance and increases in cardiovascular fitness uh, were better in the Kung Fu versus the Tai Chi group. Um, but, you know, overall, it, it it's something with such a low compliance rate, it was a little bit disappointing. 
All right, now into Sunday, our plan shopping for prepare day. You know, make sure you go to the grocery store, get all your stuff. And here's one thing that you've got to be careful. Uh, make sure you read your labels for sugar content. I did an interview with this guy, Josh Bazzoni, and he revealed seven obesity additives, uh, with the main one being sugar. And so Josh told me that an average American eats 140 pounds of sugar per day. That's 173 grams per day. So 173 grams per day is what the average American eats, but the American Heart Association recommends that adults get no more, and children, sorry, adults and children get no more than 30 grams per day. So you're looking at people eating six times more sugar than they should be every day. And over a year, that's going to add up, you know, assuming that these people are also overeating, that's going to be very, very bad for your belly fat and very, very bad for your uh, health as well. And so just to give you an idea of how much 30 grams of sugar is, the average can of Coke or any soft drink compares, uh, contains 40 grams of sugar. So one single 12-ounce soft drink, which is 140 calories, about 140 to 150 calories, has 40 grams of sugar, about 40 grams of sugar, because those numbers aren't exactly, you know, 40 grams of sugar should be 160 calories. But, you know, regardless, you're over your sugar intake level from a can of soda. And Starbucks drinks, they're going to be the same. They're loaded with, with probably more junk because they're bigger and, you know, those Frappuccinos are going to take you well above. I think those Frappuccinos are a couple hundred calories because they may have some fat, uh, fat uh, content as well and massive sugar amounts and energy drinks. I mean, those things are full of um, added sugar as well. I mean, especially the large ones. Man, those things, terrible. And so what, I did a great interview with Josh, and you can check it out at turbulencetraining.com forward slash Josh Bazzoni underscore belly fat free diet. I don't know why I choose these long URLs. I'm sorry about that. So I'll, I'll change that to turbulencetraining.com forward slash Josh Bazzoni, B-E-Z-O-N-I. Of course, you can always just go to the blog and uh, type in Josh's name, and you'll find the link to his interview. Okay, so... Just be careful with your sugar intake, and that will help you lose fat, of course. Next week, we're going to come back to you with Turbulence Training Meatheads 4, Lean and Jacked. We're going to take a look at that one again. That's one of uh, the underrated Meatheads programs. So I guess I'm going through some of the underrated and underappreciated programs that I've put together. I want to give them a little more exposure. And I didn't get around to doing the Green Tea and Fat Loss Research Review, and I'll get to that next week. I promise you that. So that's it for this week's call, everyone. I hope you're having a great week. I hope you're enjoying the NFL like I am. And uh, you know what? There's one, there was one thing I was going to put in here that I decided to take it out, and I put it back in. But, um, you know, we always talk about reward meals, but I also have a little bit of reward TV. And so I'm actually kind of excited for this time of year because – 30 Rock is coming back with some new episodes. And so you probably didn't, couldn't imagine me watching TV, but every Thursday, um, if I'm home, I try and get in front of the TV and watch 30 Rock. Unfortunately, this, I think, I'm not sure if I'll be on an airplane coming back from Mexico or not, or I might be back in time to catch the first episode, but I think the first episode of 30 Rock is on. And I only watch TV, which makes me laugh, uh, because I think that, uh, you know, you want to make sure you have some good laughing every day, and that's... Um, you know where I get mine. If I can't watch it on TV, then I'll watch that one on the Internet. So hope everybody has a great week. Seven days of fat burning. Avoid sugar. Try the adrenaline workout. Let us know what you think. And, of course, please join us on the TurbulenceTrainingFanPage.com on Facebook 
and we will answer your questions there. So that's it, everyone. This is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com. Have a great week. Bye-bye.